0: curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you, even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives, within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the Shadow of God most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling you'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness trampling every one of them beneath your feet for here is what the Lord has spoken to me because you loved me His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from...
1: Good morning. want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship glad that you're here and if you're watching online we're glad that you're watching to be connected Heavenly Father we welcome your presence in this place you have anointed this day for us and Lord we receive and welcome your glorious and wonderful and powerful presence here in this place and Lord we lift up your name the name that is above every name That at the name of Jesus Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. You are Lord of all. And we glorify you and give you the highest praise today. And bless your holy and wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Let's worship the Lord together.
2: Stand together. God of Jacob.
1: And he alone is Lord. Lord, it is our privilege to praise you. We always have a reason to praise you because of who you are and what you have done and what you are doing and what you will do. You're a faithful God. You're a good God. You're a loving God and a forgiving God. And a restoring God. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you that you are here with us right now. You're in our midst. And Lord, you speak to us and we have listening ears to hear your word. This moment... Is a turning point in time. When water starts to boil, it forms into steam. It changes into a different form. And I'm changing you, says the Lord. This is a pivotal point for you to step into my glory, to be strong in telling my story. So go forth, be a people of great joy, for I am working in you and I am working through you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ah, amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you so much, signature worship team. Hallelujah. And we are glad that you are here this morning, and we welcome our online viewers as well. You know, today's church is made up of two, on location and wherever they are, amen? amen. <clears throat> but we do have people that watch us from different states and different places, and we're glad for that uh, opportunity. I'm, I'm excited today. Are you excited yeah, today? Yeah. Did you come expecting today? Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, we get to speak the word of God as children of God, don't we? So we're going to make our confession. So I want to invite you to make our confession of uh, God's strength. The The Lord Lord is our strength, might, and power. power. We We praise praise and exalt him. The The creator creator of heaven and earth does not become tired or grow weary. If If we we are are weary, God God gives us strength and increases our power. power. As we we wait on the Lord, Lord, we we receive strength, and our power is replenished. With the Lord's strength, we will will run and not become weary, and we will walk and not grow tired. We We will will carry out the Lord's will. God's grace is sufficient for every challenge, and His power is perfected in us. We have Christ's power abiding in us. We boldly decree that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We do all things right in his sight. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are ready for anything because we are infused with the Lord's power and might. The Lord is our rock and our fortress, and he rescues us from trouble. We trust in him. At victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits.
3: Amen.
4: Good morning, BCF. Alrighty, We have some announcements. All right, Tuesday at 1:25 p.m. is This Generation. So, and their tagline is It's you and it's now, which I love. So, they're going and bring middle schoolers here and they learn about Jesus and they have a wonderful time learning about the word during school hours. Tuesday evening is Youth Group. And that is from 6 to 8 p.m., ages 12 and older. Um, it's a wonderful time, so I encourage you, if you know teenagers and young adults, to invite them to come. Air Force is also planning on attending the FIRE Conference that is down in Tampa, Florida. That is the last week in July with doctors Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown, and we are very excited. So... Feel free to support us through Palazzo Creations, and we are just going to have a great time. We also have Wednesday Night Refreshing at 6.30, and Wednesdays, it's just, it's a different atmosphere. It's, it's all good, so I encourage you to come us and check us out on Wednesdays. Thursdays are Bible Adventure, and so that specifically targets our elementary schools. And they come, and also similar to this generation, and they come and learn about Jesus during school hours as well. And then this Saturday is Barnabas. Um, so that is at 8.30 a.m. They have breakfast, they eat real good food, and they have a message. So they are excited to start back up in January of 2023. And then Dr. Fiona does leave for Guyana this week on January 25th, and she will return early February, be gone for about two weeks. She's going to bless the children home and to be a blessing there. So feel free um, to support her. There are these cards and postcards in the back with QR codes on them, so you can scan those and give online. We are grateful for everybody who gives and for all of the projects that everybody gives towards as well. Okay. So, oh, yeah, thank you. And Book Club is in two Sundays from now, two weeks from now, which I believe is February 5th. So we will be starting Dr. Fiona's book, um, Something with Purpose. I have blanked on the name. but <laughs> It's orange and blue. <laughs> and it's all about discovering your purpose. So it's taking a lot of the things that we've been learning in Woven, and we're going to go through it and apply it directly to our lives. All right, so um, I was reading in Proverbs and the Scripture um, in Proverbs 16:24 that says, "Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones." So I was looking up some things about honeycomb, and one we know that honey is very sweet, um, and honey is actually very healthy for you because of all of the nutrients in it from the flowers. So, it's a very um, literal scripture, too, where it is good for you, and it actually gives strength to your bones. Um, It actually helps with, like, heart disease and lowering cholesterol. So, honeycomb, you can actually eat honeycomb. Most of the time, we just eat the honey. But the honeycomb is good for you because you kind of chew on it like gum, which I didn't know that because I've never had honeycomb before. (laughs) But it just got me thinking, so how honeycomb is like our words, right, good words. It's something that you should chew on and that they should be good for you. So I was thinking about just how we have to think before we speak, right? Um, Honey is processed and becomes honey and is good because when the bees process the pollen, they let it sit for a while and dry out before it's actually, like, turned into honey. And also... Honeycombs have a hexagon shape, and the reason for that is because it maximizes, like, volume with the least amount of, like, structure that they have to build. So our words are powerful in that, you know, we might only say a couple of words, but they are very powerful and hold the maximum container of God's word. That's what they're designed to do. They're designed, like, for the hexagons that, you know, it's a very efficient system so that they can start building and they don't have to wait for the other one to finish, right? And there's no air gaps then in the honeycomb either. So with our words that we speak and the word of God, there's no no gaps, right? There's no gaps in the word of God. And we can all continue to keep building on the word of God in our lives while other people are doing the same thing, working together as the church. So that's what I learned. There
3: you go. Amen. This is my last Sunday for a couple of services. So I thought today, you know, we do testimony. Since I didn't ask anybody, I'll testify. I'll give you my testimony. How about that? Because you hear Pastor Doug's, but you've never really heard mine. (laughs) So uh, this is for all the uh, Christian kids who grew up in a Christian home and all the preacher's kids. Because when I was born, I was probably born in the church. No, I wasn't. But (laughs) my parents were um, pastors. And um, so when you're born in a Christian home like that, you have to figure out when did you get saved. That's the biggest question. When did I get saved? So I put my salvation time as the the time that I got baptized. Because I know for sure I had to be saved when I got baptized. (laughs) So I was nine years old when I was baptized. So I always say that's w- I got saved when I was nine. I'm sure it was before that, but we'll count on the age of nine. And and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I know when I was 12, because my dad was preaching at the time. My dad was the overseer for all the churches um, of the Church of God in Guyana. So every Sunday when he was in that position, every Sunday we would visit a different church because that was his job so we would go to different grace and i used to sing all these songs these country songs <laughs> we didn't know the difference in Guyana. to us that's how all the christian songs were country anyway my dad would bring these uh records over from america you know the big records yep and uh we would play them and we would learn those songs and sing them anyway so this one night on a sunday night service dad was preaching about the holy spirit being filled with the holy spirit and I, and so he made an altar call for anyone that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I am sitting in the pew, and I put my head down and praying, and everybody's praying. And I'm saying to the Lord, you know, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but if I go up there, it's going to make my dad look bad that his own kids aren't even filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's preaching it to everybody else they need to be filled with the, And I'm going on and i having this conversation with God. All of a sudden, I start speaking in tongues while I'm having this conversation with God. So I thought, oh. So then I just sat up like nothing happened. (laughs) And thus began my prayer life of speaking in tongues. So then I utilized it for my life. And so what I want to point out is the goal of our life is to have a godly family and raise up children in the church so they can pick up on the things of God. Okay, so if you are a young person in here today, you are in the right place because the goal of life is not to go sin, make a mess of things and then come to God so he can fix you. He 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 just wants you to transition from childhood where you didn't know where you didn't have the knowing to knowing him. That's who you know. And then just live. Right. So as a child growing up, I always thought to myself, I am so thankful that my parents got saved and they were no longer in Hinduism. So that I could grow up in a Christian home and know the true God like that was always in the back of my mind. Like, thank you, God, that my parents, their family members, I think it was two or three generations before that were uh came to guyana where i'm from from india as slaves so they came on the boat and they were working on the sugar plantations for the british englishmen i was thankful for that otherwise we would have been in india somewhere and i would have been the world-renowned hindu person (laughs) Because that's all I would have known, and I would have gone full force into it. But I'm thankful that I was born in a Christian home so I can go full force into Christianity with the one true God. So I always, I would be persecuted in school because I was a preacher's kid. So anything I had, if I had a new pencil, if I had new shoes, if I had a pair of socks, I had the uniform we had to wear, everything I had was, you have it because your father stole the church money. So that's what I heard every day, pretty much. That's what you hear. So I always thought to myself, well, I know my dad didn't steal the church money, so let's put it that way. But because because we're Christians, my father had built relationships with people that he would have never known if we weren't Christians. So he would come to America and preach, and people loved him, and people heard he had a family, and that's how we would get a lot of things. They would just send us stuff. So we were thankful for that. So I always knew that I had the best of the best. Because I knew God, like God was the best. It didn't matter how much I was mocked and my friends were like, oh, my gosh, you never have fun. You're always at church. There's always something going on at church. I would I would smile because I'm like, you know, I am living the life. (laughs) I don't know what you're doing, but I'm living the life. Do you see? So I just want to get your heads around this. Like you're never if you are bringing your children to church, if you're a child coming to church on your own, you are doing the right thing. It doesn't matter what anybody else says to you. You have to just know this because you are being introduced line upon line, precept upon precept, testimony upon testimony. You're seeing evidence upon evidence of what the true God can do and take it in, take it in and learn how God operates. And that's what I want to encourage everyone. I am so thankful. Like, I don't feel like I missed out on a single thing in my life because I, would, I knew how to ask God what to do in every single decision I had to make. Every major decision I made in my life, I asked God. I asked the Holy Spirit, show me what to do. And he would tell me what to do. I would just have a knowing of what to do. So I'm just saying, if you did not grow up in a Christian home, pray for your neighbor's kids. Pray for the people around you. Pray that people who have kids can come to church so they can grow up in church. Everybody with me? I mean, that's my testimony. And it is a great testimony to have a testimony where you didn't have to slip and go go sow any kind of wild oats. I have no wild oats in me to sow. <laughs> because I had the word put in me. Do you understand? Don't think that your kids have to sow anything crazy if you didn't if you didn't put it in them. Because bring them to church. Make the sacrifice to get them to church. Let everything else be put off. So do the sacrifice of getting them to church because you don't know everything about God. Everybody knows something. They could see. You can't just read the Bible to kids and tell them a story. In their minds, sometimes they can't relate. Like to them, it's a fairy tale sometimes. But when they come and they hear testimonies or they see people or they just just being in the presence of God is is awesome, and I grew up. I would sleep. I remember from three years old, my mom would preach when my dad would go um, teach Bible school in another. It would be called in another state, and my mom would take over the service. So at night, so as Grace and I, we are the closest in age. Um, so she, uh, her and I, we would sleep. My mom would bring down because they lived upstairs and the church was downstairs. She would bring the chair cushions down. And put it on the floor of the church. And we would sleep there. While service is going on at night. And I remember waking up out of the sleep. And realizing where I am. And I'd walk up to the stage while she's preaching. To ask her for something. Like mom I need something. I ignore everybody in the sanctuary. I need. And she'd be like okay. Just in a little bit. (laughs) She's got the microphone. And I'm like yeah mom I need it now. Like now. (laughs) So but Listen. That was my family. Those people were our family. And today, they're all over the world. People are all over the world that know us because we grew up in the church. And I just think growing up in the church is not such a big sacrifice. It is a privilege. And if we start changing the words, changing the schedule, changing the priorities in our house, you'll see what will happen. Because now we're making God the focus and God the center, and he will reward he will reward. I feel like I did not miss one step in my life because I asked God. and I, I learned how to do that because I was in church. And I got that when I went away to college, I knew I had to go to church. Anywhere I went in the country, I knew I had to find a church. So that's just became my habit. Amen. That's my testimony. And do you want to pray for me? <laughs> I'm going to Guyana. Yes. All the prayer. Listen, those cards that we have, the QR code on there takes you to the website for Blessed Churn Home and it's our donation page. If you so feel inclined to become a partner for Blessed Churn Home, you can do that through that page. We have automated stuff. You can just go through PayPal and say every month I want to give this and it'll just happen. You don't have to you know, and you'll be helping our 28 kids our building. I have, we have land that I need to build a building on. I already have the plans for the building. We just have to build the building. So there's lots to do over there. And um, yeah.
1: Can I have our leaders come up? And would you stand with me, please? Stretch forth your hands. Hallelujah. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have anointed Dr. Fiona, for such a time as this, there's an anointing of Joseph and Daniel and Esther upon her father, and as she goes and serves the, the next generation of Guyana, who have been rescued from terrible things, and they've been given great opportunities To find their purpose. Lord, I give you thanks and praise that your favor, protection, and power would be upon her and flow through her in the name of Jesus. That things would happen quickly in her favor and for her good. And I thank you, Lord, that while she's gone, she is protected. She is kept safe and she accomplishes your will with, with great ease and with wonder working power. And I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon her. We commission your angels to be around her wherever she goes, Father. And she is protected, she will prosper, and she is provided for her and the home and everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
2: Amen.
3: Thank you.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just want to say something about um, the thing that we call, we call the Commission Club. And uh, you can bring your change in. And uh, what the Commission Club does, uh, there's a change container out there. And uh, if anyone is going on a missions trip from this church, uh, the Commission Club can uh, do what it can to help them go on their trip. And uh, the commission club is something that's ongoing. And you don't, you don't have to just give change. Uh, you can give uh, money or checks or whatever, too. That works as, just as well. And, uh, but if you want to uh, help the commission club, uh, maybe the Holy Spirit just says, I want you to give this to the commission club. If, in your giving, on your envelope, or on your check, just mark commission club or COO, CO, C-O-M-M club. And uh, that goes for any, anyone that goes on a missions trip out of this church. And, uh, cause you know what? We're interested in touching the world. Amen. Yes. Amen? Yes. So, uh, I know, uh, Keith Moore, he has his GO Fund. and, uh, he doesn't charge anything for his materials. He gives it away for free, but his go Fund helps him go, go to different places. And, uh, we have a commission club. Amen. Yes. Cause we are partners in the great commission yes. and uh, that's what that's about. So I want to read to you, uh, A passage of scripture before we dismiss the kids from uh, Genesis chapter 14. You know, Gideon was not the only one that defeated an army with 300 people. Abraham, uh, there were four kings that invaded five kings. And uh, the four kings were winning and they had defeated the five kings. And in the process of the battle... Abraham's nephew Lot was taken as a captive. You know, when a king overthrows another kingdom, they take all the spoil, right? They take all the goods. Sometimes they take the people. And uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 14, uh, verse fi- uh, 14, it says, When Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, look at your neighbor and say, Don't, mess, don't let the devil mess with my stuff. If the devil tries to take something from you, you can arm your forces and take it back. Amen so uh he he armed and let out his trained men born in his own house, numbering three hundred and eighteen. all right and he went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night. that's a hundred and a hundred and a hundred, right? And he attacked and defeated them. Say attacked and defeated. That's God's will for you. When the devil messes with you, you can attack and defeat. Amen. And he pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. And verse 16, he brought back all the goods. Everybody say all the goods. Everything that was theirs plus what they'd taken. He brought it all back. Say I'm a bringer backer. Hallelujah. If you, if you incur any loss, you're a bringer backer. You've got an anointing to bring things back. Hallelujah. And he also brought back his nephew Lot and his possessions and also the women and the people. So what do you do when you bring back stuff? You've got all these goods. You've got, you've got cattle. You've got silver. You've got gold. You've got all these precious metals and things. Well, he met a priest called Melchizedek, and Melchizedek and Abram had communion. They had bread and wine. Melchizedek is a type of Christ because he's the great high priest, right? And uh, what did Abraham do? He gave Melchizedek a tithe of all. Everybody say a tithe. What a tithe is is a tenth. So a tenth of all the goods that he, he received in the battle, he gave to God, right? And... You know, the king of Sodom said, well, why don't you take this for you? He said, no, I'm not going to take anything. He said, I'm in covenant with God. He said, no man is going to be able to say that they've made Abraham rich. Everybody raise up your right hand. Say, I'm in covenant with God. He's my supplier. He's my provider. And I'm with him. And he takes good care of me. In Jesus' name, amen. So you can tithe, you can give offerings anytime during the service. If you're watching online, you can go to our website and give that way. And if you need to use a card, you can use the bookstore. And uh, however you want to do it, God's got a way to do it. Amen? And uh, God, Abraham was blessed. Melchizedek, the great high priest, was, he blessed him. And uh, Father, it is my privilege and honor to bless the givers and their gifts today, Lord. I thank you that as they give and sow and invest in your kingdom, you will give them great, abundant, plentiful, uh, overflowing rewards. And you will take great care of them, Father, and you will provide, prosper, and protect them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We have incredible, awesome volunteers and teachers uh, for Kids Life, kids living in faith every day. So, kids, we want to dismiss you to your class right now. Go have a great time. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, today is a good day. Amen. If you have found yourself to be in a situation where you feel stuck, today I'm going to help you get out and stay out. God wants to get you out, and God wants to keep you out. Amen? Say, I'm coming out. Maybe you are addicted to something. You can come out. doesn't matter if it's a fleshly vice or if you're addicted to a substance. You can come out from underneath that grip. It can lose its grip on you. and You, don't, you, you know what? We ought to be addicted to Jesus. We don't need a substance. Jesus is greater than any substance, right? So um, maybe you have sickness. Maybe you're stuck in a sickness. God can get you out of sickness. It's called healing. Jesus is a healer. Everywhere he went, he healed people. There's not a disease of sickness and infirmity that he can't handle. So if you're sick today, if you're dealing with a physical illness, say, I'm coming out today. Hallelujah. All right? Maybe you're dealing with lack. God can bring you out of lack. He's the God of abundance. He said, I've come to give you abundant life, more than enough, overflowing. Hallelujah. God's into abundance. He'll get you out of lack. Maybe you're depressed today. For whatever reason, God can get you out of depression. His key to getting you out of depression is the joy of the Lord. And he can turn situations around. He can turn heartbreak around. Say, I'm coming out. Today, today, someone's coming out today. God didn't give me. This is a fresh word from God. I was looking at other sermons. I was, nothing, nothing registered, but what this, God says, nope, 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 yep, okay. So you, how many know you go with what God wants? He knows best. All right. Maybe you've been broken. You know, we have one who mends broken hearts. Jesus is the mender of every broken heart. He's been anointed to mend broken hearts. I tell you what, He's the greatest surgeon ever. You can't even tell that any surgery was done when He's finished. Woo, He sews that heart up, He turns ashes into beauty. Glory to God. Say, I'm coming out. I'm telling you, someone's coming out today. This is a word from God today. There's not not a situation in here today that you're going to remain stuck in. Mm. Hallelujah. Maybe you're stuck in guilt, shame, and condemnation. These are things that the enemy puts on you. But we don't have to be... The gospel makes us free from shame. He, He removes the guilt... And he said, I did not come to condemn the world, but so that the world will be set free. He's come to free you from condemnation. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So maybe you're dealing with guilt, shame, and condemnation. Say, I'm coming out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you've been stuck with wrong choices. You know, sometimes we end up in a mess because of our wrong choices, right? But guess what? We can repent and God can turn things around. Amen. Listen, the prodigal son made a wrong choice, but he repented and came back home. Hallelujah, Sam, coming out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Maybe we're stuck in darkness. You know, that's, that's the world. That's sin. Maybe you're stuck. But guess what? God can translate you out of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. God can turn the light on in your darkness. Say, I'm coming out. Hallelujah. Maybe you've been stuck in abuse. Verbal, physical, sexual. You've been abused. Oh, God is the one who can set you free. He wipes away the tears. He takes away the pain. He can restore you. From any abuser. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, Pharaoh was an abuser. Yes. But God brought deliverance. Hallelujah. See, I'm coming out. Yeah. Maybe you're in broken you're stuck with broken relationships and you wonder why things never work out. Why are you always left with all this pain and sorrow? Let me tell you something. Jesus restores relationships. If he can make Esau reconcile with Jacob, God can restore relationships. Amen. He's the restorer of relationships. He's the repairer of the breach. Say, I'm coming out. Hallelujah. Maybe you're stuck in an evil plan or a plot. The enemy's evil and he has plans to steal, kill, and destroy you. But God can deliver you from his snare. He delivers you from the snare of the fire and the arrow that flies by day. God can bring you out of that evil plot that the enemy has planned for you. He told the prophet what the king was planning in his bedchamber. So that Israel would not be held captive by their enemy. Say, I'm coming out. Maybe you're just simply overwhelmed. You're at a point in your life when you feel overwhelmed. Things are too big and they're uh, squeezing you and crushing you. I'll tell you what, there's, no one, there's nothing as big as our God. He can destroy giants that stand in your way. He can move mountains that are hindering your progress. Hallelujah. You can move mountains. Amen? Amen? Say, I'm coming, I'm coming out. And maybe you just feel outnumbered. But let me tell you something. If it's just you and God, that's a majority. Yeah. You and God together are a majority. There's, it doesn't matter how many numbers of people that come against you or you feel outnumbered. Gideon was outnumbered and he whooped their little, you know what? Yeah. Abraham was outnumbered and he won. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what the numbers. I want you to go to Luke chapter 24. So today is a fresh day. This is a fresh word. Hallelujah. And I'm going to deliver it, so stay plugged in. Now, I'm going to read this from the Amplified, okay? Okay. If you don't have an amplified version, that's okay. I have lots of versions, but just follow the best, best, as best long as you can. We're going to start with verse 13. All right. Luke 24, verse 13. And it said, uh, and then, uh, that day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. See, God had just brought Jesus out. He brought him out of the grave. Grave can't hold you down. Hallelujah. Dr. Fiona didn't even know my message. And she she said, no grave is going to hold me down. Say, no grave is going to hold me down. Say, I'm coming out. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they were going to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Go down to verse 18. One of them named Cleopas answered... Jesus appeared with these two people, but they didn't know it was Jesus walking with them. And uh, they began a conversation about what's been going on in Jerusalem. And verse 18 says, one of them named Cleopas answered him. He said, are you the only stranger visiting Jerusalem who is unaware of the things which have happened in these days? Verse 19, he asked, what things? The Lord is just playing innocent here. What's going on? You know what? God's interested in the kind of conversations you have. When you're just taking a walk, what are you talking about? He's interested if you're talking about the kingdom or if you're talking about other things. God's interested in what you say. So you better watch what you say. Because he hears the conversations that we think no one's listening. He hears the conversations when it's just you and your coffee cup. And do you realize... Those conversations will either add or take away to your faith, yes. depending on what you're talking about. Yes. All right. And they replied, "The things about Jesus of Nazareth, here's the key, who was a prophet, powerful indeed. Say Jesus is a powerful prophet. Jesus is a powerful prophet. All right? And word in the sight of God and all the people. All right? Verse 21. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Because they had just witnessed his crucifixion. These two people, they weren't really sure that he had risen yet. And he set our nation free. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Verse 22. Also, some of the women among us shocked us. (laughs) Thank God for the women who shocked some people. Glory to God. We need some more ladies that shock some people in a good way. Women, you are powerful. You've got a voice. No one should ever diminish the voice of a woman. Amen? All right. They were at the tomb early in the morning. The women were the first ones at the tomb. I don't know. The men were sleeping in, I guess. I don't know. Eating donuts. I don't know. Then Jesus said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart, to trust and believe in everything that the prophets have spoken. We say the prophets. Okay, verse 27. Then, beginning with Moses, throughout all the writings of the prophets, he explained and interpreted for them the things referring to himself in all the scriptures. Say, Jesus gave a a quick lesson. All right, now we're going to go to the book of Micah. He's a minor prophet. You know, the Bible is a prophetic book. It's got major prophets, minor prophets. Hallelujah. It's a book of prophecy. Glory to God. And uh, prophets have something to say. In the book of Micah, chapter 6, hallelujah. Glory to God. He's Nahum's neighbor. All right, Micah 6, and uh, verse 2, he says, Hear, O mountains, the Lord's controversy, and strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord has controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. O my people, what have I done unto you, and wherein have I wearied you? Testify against me, verse 4, for I brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Say, so he, he brought me up and he brought me, he brought me out. Where did he bring us out? Of? He brought us out of Egypt. Egypt represents the world. Egypt is a type of sin. Okay? All right, we're going to get into this here a little bit. And... uh Then he said, and I ransomed you from the house of slavery. I redeemed you from the house of servants, other translations of slavery. And I sent before you Moses. Say, so he sent us Moses. Okay? And then he said, I sent, he said, I sent you Aaron. Say, so Aaron. And Miriam. Okay? Moses was a leader. Aaron was a priest, and Miriam represents the prophetic. So, here's what God uses to get you out of a situation that you find yourself in that you can't get. He uses leadership, he uses the priestly anointing, and he uses the prophetic anointing. He uses these three things together to get you out, not only to get you out, but to keep you out. If you keep listening to the prophetic voice, if you keep following the leader, if you keep uh, hearing the priest, you'll stay out. How many are interested in getting out? And how many are interested in staying out? You know, God doesn't do all this work to deliver you, to get you unstuck so that you can get stuck again. He doesn't do all this work to get you out of the grave or to get you out of Egypt just so that you can go back into Egypt. It was never God's will for you to go back into Egypt. That's a type of sin, that's your old life. That's bondage. Okay? So, God brought his people out of Egypt. What was going on in Egypt? Right? We we we're not going to go to the book of Exodus, but you can read. I'm just going to give you a highlighted summary and then we're going to talk about these three things that get you out and keep you out. I'm interested in you getting out. No one will be ever stuck here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Stuck in a situation where you can't get out. You're getting out. Now, if you want to stay stuck, that's your business. But if you want to come out, you can come out. The choice is yours. I mean, the prodigal, he could have wallowed in the mud a little bit longer. Let me just take a mud bath. It does good for my complexion. No! You get tired of the mud. It stinks, it's sloppy, it's messy, it's dirty, and he wanted out. Didn't he? He didn't say, let's stay in the pig pen another year. No. First of all, his mind was so messed up that he got into the pig pen in the first place. And when he came to himself, that's when he got out. Some of you are going to get a revelation today. God's going to speak a word in season today. And you're coming out of whatever situation you find yourself in. That's negative. Say, I'm coming out. Okay, what was happening in Egypt? When Israel came to Egypt, they were 70 people. Jacob, his, 12, his 11 sons, because Joseph was already in Egypt, all of their children, Jacob's grandchildren, all the servants, everybody say 70. Okay? Uh, they came to Egypt when they were 70 people, Right? Then uh, Joseph set him up in the land of Goshen. Joseph was the prime minister. But there came a point, Exodus 1-5, Joseph and his brothers and all that generation died. Say a generation died. All right. But Israel increased greatly and multiplied. They were, they, they were infected by the increase of Joseph. Joseph taught them how to increase and multiply in hard times. Why? That's what he did. It didn't matter. The devil threw the kitchen sink at Joseph, and it wasn't effective. He threw him in a pit. He threw him in prison. Still wasn't effective. He became the prime minister. Joseph got out of the pit. Joseph got out of the prison, and he got into the place of destiny. Say, I'm getting to my destiny. You're getting out of the mully grubs. You're getting out of the self-contained, invisible prison that you find yourself in. There's a deliverer here today. So, when the generation of Joseph died, a new king in Egypt arose. Who didn't, apparently he didn't go to history class. Because he didn't know about Joseph he didn't know about his accomplishments. That would be like an American saying, I don't know who Abraham Lincoln is. How many of you know who Abraham Lincoln is or was, right? You know, if you find an American that doesn't know who Abraham Lincoln is, they need to go back to history class. Why? Because the, the the things that Joseph did were recorded in Egyptian history. He wasn't even an Egyptian, yet he was the prime minister. Can you say Amen. amen. Listen, you don't need to be the nationality for for you to run the country. With God, you can run countries without being a citizen. Why? Your citizenship in heaven trumps every citizenship. Whoo, glory to God. So, he feared Israel. They're getting too big. They're growing too strong we got to exercise control over these people, or they're going to join our enemies when we're attacked, and we're going to lose. Okay? So, uh, verses 10, Exodus chapter 1, verse 10, The king made plans to suppress Israel and keep them from growing. You know, the enemy would love for you not to grow. He would love for you to stay stuck in the mire, stuck in the prison, stuck where you are. He doesn't want you to get free. He will fight your freedom. But it doesn't matter. We got a greater fighter in us. We got the greater victory in us. We got a greater champion in us. Hallelujah. And uh, so he made plans to oppress them with hard labor. Let me tell you something. Serving the devil is hard. And then uh, he said, the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied. Woo! Glory to God. Everybody say, bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When the devil puts more pressure on you, you have greater victory. The more pressure he puts on you, the greater your victory is. Say, I'm coming out. So uh, and so he put taskmasters over them. He assigned them to oppress them, okay? And uh, the, the Egyptians were exasperated. You like that word? That means frustrated, annoyed, and incensed. And they dreaded Israel. So the spirit of fear was really working in Egypt. It was working in their leadership. All right? so they were enforced they were they became slaves is egypt made israel bitter sin is bitter darkness is bitter pain is bitter okay and uh they, they, they worked in mortar, brick, and all kinds of field work. The hardest work that you could do in that time and at that place, they made Israel do. Okay? Israel didn't have a choice. The king said, bricklayer, bricklayer, field worker, bricklayer, field worker, bricklayer, mortar worker, fr-. you know what? And then, he limited their supply to make the bricks, didn't he? Okay, and then to top it all off, then they made a law that they're going to kill every male children, every male child in the country. They're going to throw them into the Nile River, where you got crocodiles and all kinds of things. And you know that was the decree, right? So the enemy was trying desperately to keep his oppression. On God's people, but it wasn't working. Right. All right? And they find themselves in Egypt. See, sin or Egypt, it's a place of allurement. It looks good at first until you realize how trapped you are. Sin is, the Bible says, sin is fun for a season until you reap a consequence. Then you're like, oh, snap. Sin is a place of darkness. Sin is a place of lies and deception. It's a place of hardship. It's a place of bondage. It's a place of disappointment. It's a place of slavery. It's a place of pain. It's a place of loneliness. It's a place of controlling influence. Who's operating the world system right now? Satan, the god of this world, the prince of the power of the air. He is working in the world system right now. Okay? But God's kingdom operates on different principles. So sin is a place of destruction and death. It is bitter. It causes regret and resentment. In Adam's day, sin kicked him out of the garden. Sin separates you from God. It steals your joy and vitality. And it destroys you if you don't get out from its grip. But those who are in the midst of sin, they don't realize what they're in. Oh, they think this is normal. It's normal for politicians of a nation to lie almost at every point. That's not normal. The world system is not normal. They try to make you think it is, but it's not. God's kingdom is the normal kingdom because it was around before the world system. Say God's way is the normal way. You know, a lot of people are comfortable in their sin. You ever meet anybody that doesn't want to change? They don't want to give up this, don't want to give up that? You know, years ago, <laughs> we had someone in this church. They were living with a person they weren't married to, and they didn't want to give it up because they liked the sex. True story. That was a person, that was years ago, 10 Fifteen years ago, no, no, no one here right now. So don't be looking, <laughs> because some people aren't comfortable in their sin, because they haven't, they haven't had the effects of it yet. Just because you don't, if you sin today, just because you don't get the effects tomorrow, you might think, okay, I'm free. No, you're not, because there's an end coming, yes, right. where God's gonna, He's gonna tally up all the accounts, right? Yes. And 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 you you don't want to be having your sin account greater than your grace account at that point, right? Right. But you know where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. All right? So don't be comfortable in your sin. When you hear a message that convicts you, change. Repent. uh, Jesus encountered an adulteress, well, people brought, him, brought her to him, right? And she was stuck in adultery. I, but, you know, I always thought adultery takes two, right? You, I mean, am I, adultery has to take two, right? Why didn't they bring the other person? I don't know. So they brought this woman. She was stuck in adultery. She was caught in the act. She had to own up to it. The law was going to condemn her, stone her, kill her. They said, what are you going to do, Jesus? I'm paraphrasing. Oh, I'm going to write some stuff in the sand. All right? He looks up at the people with the rocks in their hand. He says, you without sin cast the first stone. Uh-oh. Didn't expect him to say that. All of a sudden you hear, boom, boop, boop, boom. boom, boom. What was it? Rocks dropping. Those people who were going to condemn the woman should condemn themselves. All of a sudden, the accusers were gone. And Jesus looked at her and said, woman, where are your accusers? I don't know. He said, I don't accuse you either. But he said, go and sin no more. He set her free from that moment, from that bondage. He brought her out. Amen. He didn't condemn her. He didn't call her a bad person. He just gave her another opportunity to live right. I don't think she committed adultery anymore after that. I don't know about you, but that scared the hell out of me. (laughs) All right. So if you really want to succeed in life, you've got to come out of sin. You're never going to succeed the way God wants you to succeed stuck in sin. Or stuck in anything. Alright? So, these three things God sent. He sent Moses, which represents leadership. He sent Aaron, which represents the high priest. And he sent Miriam, which represents the prophet. And these three anointings, these three giftings, are designed to bring you out and help you stay out. Amen? Amen? We need to be led by good, strong leadership. How many know the Holy Ghost is a leader? And what does he do? He brings us into all truth. He leads us out, but he brings us into all truth so that we can live in truth. We can walk in the light. We can uh, allow love to get a hold of us and share it with others. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul, he's gained nothing. That tells me that nothing that you do in the world is going to help the sin problem. You've got to go to a different kingdom. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So Moses was, a, we need strong leadership. We need a representative of heaven. That's the priest, right? He represents the people to God. Hallelujah. And uh, we need the prophetic utterance and the prophetic insights. A prophet can speak a word to you. You know, I, I'm... Thankful for the prophetic voice that I have in my life. Number one, we have the, the word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and Father. That's the prophetic voice. Number two, I have a Dr. Fiona. She's a prophetic voice in my life. Number three, I've got prophets that call me and say, hey, listen, God's been talking to me about you. I had one the other day. Come and give me some things. Right. And periodically, God speaks to this person and he gives what God puts on his heart for me. And he said, I'm not going to give you a thousand scriptures. You've got to figure it out. You know, say, I need a prophetic voice. So God can bring you into the great things. So good leadership. Moses was a leader. God needed a person to go to Egypt and to say, let my people go. He needed someone whom he called, whom he chosen to go into the courts of Pharaoh and to speak directly to the problem and say, let my people go so that God could perform his word. Sometimes God just needs a person on earth to say what he needs to say so that he can do his work. Amen. Amen. So we need leadership. Good, strong leadership. Everybody say "Good." good and strong leadership. So Moses was the inspired, he was the chosen leader to deliver Israel. He was a teacher to instruct them. He was a commander to direct them and he was a lawgiver to teach them. How many know that he gave us God's law that was given to him? All right. And, and Israel needed that at the, at that time. Okay. Cause how do you know if a law is broken? Well, if you don't know the law, if you don't know a law exists, you can't break a law. Because you don't know it's there, right? But once you know it's there, oh, that was wrong, right? The law just points us to Christ, okay? So people who are lawless need the law. Amen? And uh, we, we need God's law to lead us on the right path, okay? You know, God's got laws even in the New Testament. The law of love. Right? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. All the law hinges on that, th- that two things. And then we got the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Those are two laws. There might even be more. But I thought we were done away with the law. No, you're just under a different law. Right? Grace has different laws than the law did. Amen? Doesn't mean we, we do away with every law. All right? John 10, 3, the Bible says, Jesus calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Aren't you glad that God knows your name? Yeah. He knew your name. He knew you were stuck in sin. So he called you by name yeah. and he led you out. Yeah. He brought you out of sin. Out from under its bondage. Out from under its grip. Out from under its control. Hallelujah. He, you, you came out of sin debt free. Yeah. Yeah. Sin cannot make S- sin's creditors can't call you up and say, you owe this because your debt has been paid. Say, my debt's paid. Yes. Paid in full. Oh, you ought to shout about that. Your debt's been paid in full. You didn't have the means to pay it, but someone paid it for you. Someone who was rich in mercy. Hallelujah. Someone who was overflowing in grace. Glory to God. When, when Peter was in prison, God sent an angel To the prison to lead him out. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God's goodness goes before you and leads you to repentance. God's always leading us. The problem is, sometimes we don't follow his leading. Sometimes we listen to the voice of the flesh more than the voice of the spirit. Okay? You listen to the voice of the flesh and you'll end up back into the bondage that you were in. God leads us with loving kindness and goodness. Hallelujah. He guides you in strength to his holy habitation. Glory to God. He leads you in ways and places that reveal your heart and obedience. You know, sometimes God will lead you to a hard place to see who you're trusting. And it's more for you than it is for him. It's to see who you're trusting. Why did the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to the wilderness? Because God wanted to see his son whom he was trusting. And, and God knew that Jesus was trusting him. Amen? So he knew that being led into the wilderness, he was already going to overcome. He was already going to get the victory. But you got to go through the wilderness just to prove that you, you have the victory that you say you do. Amen? Did you you ever hear Jesus say, Father, I don't know why you're leading me into the wilderness? No, he He never reasoned about it, never complained about it. Why? He went into the wilderness knowing he was going to come out of the wilderness. You got to know that when God leads you to a hard place, you're going to come out of that hard place. That's not for you to camp there. It's not for you to set up a memorial there. It's for you to go through. God's a go through God. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's not going to have you park in your suffering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm forty-five, verse fifteen. The Bible says, "The Lord leads you with gladness and rejoicing to His palace." How many want to go to His palace? Amen. You won't. You won't regret going to the Lord's palace. Amen. 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 With gladness and rejoicing. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the thing about God. His leading is exciting. All right, Moses is a type of God. He's a type of the Holy Spirit. You know, God led his people out of Egypt, and he led them through the wilderness. Amen? Amen. He led them from victory to victory, from blessing to blessing, from death to life. God always is leading you to something better. Amen? Amen? Psalm 77 verse 20, the Lord leads you like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, you got to stay with the flock. Amen. Amen. You don't want to depart from the flock. You ever see a goose travel a long distance by himself? You never will. (laughs) You know why? Because there's strength in the flock. Do you know why they fly in a V? Because that's an aerodynamic instinct that God put in a goose. A goose needs other geese. Amen? Amen. We're geese. We need geese. Geese need geese. Amen? Amen? Now, a goose could fly a solo flight for a short time. But not for a long time because they'll get too tired. Do you realize that when they're flying in that V, if the head goose gets tired, another goose will take his place and they'll maintain the V. God, God's got people that can just interchange to maintain your strength. Amen? And then in Luke 4.1, the Holy Spirit led Jesus. All right? Number two, that, that's the leadership anointing. We need a leader. God gave us a leader. His name is Jesus. His name is Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Romans 8 14, as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. He doesn't force you, He offers you. You've got to accept His offer. All right. Number two, He gave us an Aaron. Not Hank Aaron, but. You know, it's funny how Moses, Aaron, and Miriam were family. They were siblings. Do you realize it was Miriam who made sure that Moses, as a baby, went to safety. It was Miriam who, who, who volunteered her mother to, for, for her to nurse her own child, Moses. Yeah. Moses' mama got paid to nurse her own child. That's God. When you honor God, God will pay you to nurse your child. She got paid by Pharaoh's daughter to nurse her her, her own son. Because Miriam said, would you like a lady to nurse this baby? Oh, yes, go. go. (laughs) I'm telling you, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Amen? Okay, so we need the priestly anointing. A priest... Aaron represents our great high priest, Jesus. A priest makes sacrifices. A priest intercedes. Jesus is ever living to make intercession for us right now. He is seated at God's right hand. And he is interceding for us. A priest makes sacrifices. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice by giving his life. See, In order for you to get unstuck, you need a sacrifice to be made on your behalf. Someone made a sacrifice. Sometimes you've got to sacrifice your time. You've got to sacrifice your giving. What I mean is, you you got to you got to give, and you know, extravagant giving. I mean, like the lady who was a sinner. It was actually Lazarus' sister, Mary. She was called a sinner. Until she broke an alabaster box of oil. A year's wage. Everybody say a year's wage. a year's wage. In one moment, she gave a year's wage to Jesus. And what happened? Her brother got resurrected from the dead. You don't think she reaped on that gift? I mean, how many times did they entertain Jesus at their house? All the teaching that she got sitting at Jesus' feet. It was the woman who put oil on his feet and... and uh, Wiped it off with her hair. That was Mary. Hallelujah. That was one of the anointings that Jesus got. We need a representative from heaven to lead us into worshiping the Lord. A priest's duty is to connect people with God and God with people. Amen? And here's the good thing. God made us all kings and priests. He gave you the ability to give sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of your lips, giving thanks. Aren't you glad we don't got to kill a sheep or a bull or a goat anymore? Although I would love to meet. But we don't have to do that. But our sacrifices now can be sacrifices of praise and of thanksgiving. Why? Because one, our great high priest paid the ultimate sacrifice. The sacrifice to end all sacrifices. So we're a kingdom of priests. So the Bible says in Hebrews 3.1, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. Say, Jesus is my high priest. My high priest. He brings you before the Father. He, 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 when, when sin separated us from God, it was our high priest that came and gave his sacrificial life so that we could be reconnected, reunited with God. Hallelujah. We ought to get excited about that. Priests are chosen and appointed to act on behalf of men in things relating to God and offering gifts and sacrifices. All right? And um, so that's the priest. So, in order to get you unstuck, God's going to send you a leader. We all need to be led. Amen? We all need leaders. Jesus is a leader, right? And he'll lead you out, he's the great shepherd. You know sheep need shepherds that's just the way God designed it. Amen, and then uh, we need the priestly anointing, we need God, we need God's representative, and then we need the prophetic, the prophetic voice and insight. Miriam was a prophetess. she was the first one to lead Israel in praise once they crossed through the Red Sea. First thing that she did was she grabbed the tambourine. <laughs> And she started leading. She started. Lead. She just. She just burst out in song. And everybody just started worshiping God. We need a prophet to lead us into praise. We need a prophet to remind us what God has done. We need a prophet. The prophet anointing. Hallelujah. It's important. You know there are a lot of places today that have that don't have a prophetic voice where they are. They have the voice of programs. But there's no prophetic voice. There, there's no speaking in tongues with a, in a, an interpretation. There, there's no people prophesying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that's just simply speaking. Right? There's no gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's just duty. There's just programs. There's just in and out. Done. Done. Boy, that was good. Yay. Right? Oh, God, you're taking too long. we got to finish. Trying to fit God in a box. When are we going to learn that God doesn't fit in a box? The only place he fits is in your heart. Amen? We, we, what kind of box are you going to get when someone uses the earth as his footstool? What kind of box are you going to get? There's no box big enough to house the that. Amen. But yet we try to put God in a box. Oh, God can't God can't show up this way. He can only show up this way. Really? You know, God doesn't like the color red. He only likes the color blue. Really? Well, why did he make different colored birds, different colored flowers, different colored water? For God doesn't like color. He wouldn't have made colors. But yet we try to say, well, God only likes this color or this color is Holy. But this color is not holy, really. I mean, this hair length is holy, but this other hair length is not holy, really. I mean, John the Baptist wore camel's hair. Is camel's hair holy? I mean, you know, prophets are different, but it's okay. We need we need their difference. Amen. The scripture is full of prophetic declarations. All right. Go to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12 and verse 6. Say, I need a leader. I need a priest. And I need a prophetic voice to get me out. Say, I'm coming out. God's given you all these voices right here today. All right. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. He said, hear now my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision, I will speak to him in a dream. Prophets were called seers, and they often saw visions, uh, right? They often heard words, and uh, people who are prophetic, they have a prophetic anointing, they see things, they hear things, and they say things in powerful ways. I'm so grateful for the prophetic voice. Amen? All right, go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. This is an interesting story. Saul was looking for his donkeys. Actually, his father's donkeys, because they were lost. And uh, they said, well, let's go see the prophet. Maybe he can help us find the donkeys. God will help you find your donkey. Amen? And uh, God knows where your donkey is. All right. Seriously, God knows where your donkey is. Y'all, y'all are too caught up on, where's my donkey? My donkey's gone. Where's my donkey? Don't worry, you'll find it. You'll find your donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all need to find your donkey. All right, First Samuel chapter 10, verse 5. Now Samuel was given Saul instructions. He said, after that, you will come to the hill of God. VCF's on a hill, isn't it? Interesting. Where the garrison of the Philistines is. And when you come there to the city, you will meet a group of prophets. Coming down from the high place in worship. With harp, tambourine, flute, lyre before them. Prophets were, were musicians too. You know, God will prophesy on music. Huh? Yeah, yeah. okay? And uh, then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you will prophesy with them, you will be changed into another man. Say, prophecy changes me. Yeah. Prophecy. yeah, when the Spirit of God is behind true prophecy, and the prophet speaks, whether it's a man or a woman, doesn't matter. You know, God's not concerned about gender. This thing that women can't preach is a bunch of baloney. You mean to tell me that Deborah can be a leader of a nation, but a woman can't stand behind the pulpit and preach? Give me a break. Oh, my goodness. Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on your sons and your daughters, and they will prophesy. Thank God. Okay, so... Saul was changed into another man. He laid there and prophesied with the prophets, right? The Spirit of God got on him and he prophesied so much that people said, Is Saul among the prophets? Right? Okay. So let's go to Second Chronicles chapter thirty six. Second Chronicles thirty six, verse fifteen. It says this, the Lord God of their fathers sent word to them again and again by his messengers. Everybody say again and again. Yeah. You know, if, God, if you're not getting what God is saying, he will send you a messenger. Yeah. It'll be a prophet, yeah. whether male or female. They'll prophesy to you. Yeah. You know, God helps you get it. Yeah. He wants you to get it. And if you're not getting it, he'll send help to you so that you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Over again and again. Because he had compassion on his people and his dwelling place. God sends prophets because he has compassion on you. Verse 16, but they kept mocking the messengers of God and despising his word and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people until there was no remedy for their healing. If you mock a prophet, you're going to be in trouble. I'm talking about a true, genuine prophet. Okay? Don't be mocking prophets. You may not understand how they operate. You may not understand what they do. Put it on the shelf. Right? And just let the Holy Spirit, just let it simmer in you for a little bit. Sometimes soup's got to simmer before it's ready. Before the flavors get out from the ingredients into everything. And that comes through simmering. So you got to let it simmer. Yeah, if a prophet rubs you the wrong way, just let it simmer. Right? Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Right? I mean, when Eli's house was a mess, he was a priest. Who did God send? God sent him a prophet. Get your house and straighten out your house. Your house is a mess. Not not his physical house, but the way he handled his kids. He didn't discipline his kids, he didn't enforce God's rule. He just let them do whatever they want to do. And they were, his sons were priests, they were acting wickedly. If you act wickedly, you're going to be removed from your position, and, and you'll have time to repent and, and, and get straightened out, but you can't, you can't do wickedness in God's position. Right. You just can't, because right. that will infect everything. All right. Matthew 13, 7, Matthew thirteen fifty-seven. They took offense at him refusing to believe in him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. Listen, sometimes, you know, prophets, they can be, I mean, Elijah was a prophet. He called down fire. Elisha was a prophet. He made an entire troop of soldiers blind. Right? You don't mess with the prophet. Bad things will happen to you. Okay, and then uh, look at, uh, well, look at uh, Psalms 105 verse 15, Psalm 105 verse 15, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm, everybody say "No no harm, okay, and then finally Amos 3, 7, Amos, not the cookie man, not famous Amos, this Amos is famous in a different way. Amos 3, seven, surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret plan to his servants, the prophets. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, it says, despise not prophesyings. Everybody say, despise not. Despise. All right, and then go to Revelation 19.10. The book of Revelation 19.10. All right. He said, then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, you must not do that, for I'm a fellow servant with you. And he was talking to an angel. uh, And your brothers and your sisters who have, and hold the testimony of Jesus, worship God alone, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So let me tell you something. For those of you that are going to get unstuck today, say, I'm coming out. God sent you a leader. He sent you a priest and he sent you a prophet. And I'm not claiming to be all those. Those are Jesus. Right? I'm delivering the message that he put on my heart today because there's some people here that are stuck. You're stuck in some of those things that I touched on. Some of those things are happening in your life. And you decided to come to VCF. You didn't know why, but this is your day today. This is your moment in time where you can get unstuck, where you can become loosed, where you can become free indeed, where the power of God can touch you. So he's got to get you out so that he can get you where he wants you to be. See, he can't get you to where he, he wants you to be in your current situation. He's got to get you out so that he can bring you in. Everybody, every person that God brought out, he brought him into something better. He brought him out of Egypt, but he brought him into the promised land. He brought Peter out of prison, and he brought him to the place of prayer. God wants to bring you out today. And if you're a person that's been stuck, don't be embarrassed. It's your, it's your moment of deliverance today. I mean, when God brought the people out of Egypt, they didn't say, God, I wish you wouldn't have done that. You really embarrassed me by bringing me out of Egypt that way. I mean, seriously, that wasn't even a thought. They were just so excited about coming out. Do you realize their burden was so rough that they cried to God? And God heard their cry. And he sent them a leader. He sent them a priest. And he sent them a prophetess. And he brought them out. And God's going to do the very same today. I told God, I said, if you're going to give me this message, someone's coming out today. I didn't come here to to leave you in your mess and in your mire. You're coming out today. You're breaking free today. You're you're, you're coming coming out of that today. You're going to be awakened today. The devil is going to be so sorry you came today. Hallelujah. Because there's nothing he can do about it. When God sent us to this church. This church was without a pastor for a year. There was someone who was serving as the interim pastor, but he had no desire to be the pastor. I knew him. We prayed with him. We didn't know that God, at that moment, we didn't know that God was going to bring us here. But we're praying for the interim, for God's will to be done. And there was a moment when I was in a meeting, not going to tell you you the steps, but I was in a meeting and I heard that there's this church that's been without a pastor for you. All of a sudden, an explosion took off on the inside of me. And I knew that I knew that I knew that God was speaking to me in that moment to come here and when and we put our name in from that moment i asked the person what do i need to do to put my name in there's a process we were unanimously voted in over 20 years ago right we we came to this place and quite frankly this was in a mess this place was being controlled by a group of gossips that When Dr. Fiona walked into this building for the first time, God gave her a vision of six black spiders. I've never said this testimony publicly. Maybe I have, I don't know. Six black spiders. That were the group of gossips that were controlling, that had influence over everything that was happening here. And some of the greatest pressure that we encountered was against my wife. Because a lot of people then had a problem with strong women. Couldn't handle it. That's why I'm married to her and they're not. I'm so glad I have a strong woman. I'm not ashamed of that in the least bit. Because she enhances my life. When the founder of this Some of you were here back then when the founder of this church, he had started this church in his mid-50s. And then he got to the point where he's going to retire. So he retired from his position. Someone else came in, but the founder was still here. So what they did was they asked the founder to leave. And that's when this church greatly decreased. Because the founder is a good man. We knew none of this. God brought us here knowing nothing, just full of the love of God and the Holy Spirit and the call of God. You're going to Palmyra. I'm not going to tell you what you're getting into, but I got a plan for you because you're going to bring deliverance. You're going to bring the, you're going to bring leadership. You're going to bring the priest and you're going to bring the prophetic because that's what needed to happen. So we found out about What happened in this church? We happened to be here at the same... At that time, I was also working a full-time job in Ephrata. While the first four years of pastoring, I was a full-time banker. And uh, Dr. Fiona and I happened to be here at the church at the same time during the week, which was rare in those days because Gabriel was just born and I was working in Ephrata. So, you know, we kind of coordinated things. Well, we found out... What had happened? So, the very first thing that we did when we found out is we contacted the founder. And we made arrangements to have a special service to honor the founder. And we, we, we gave them a plaque. We gave them an offering. We honored them. Amen? Amen. We, didn't, we weren't the cause of it, but we were going to be the solution. Yes. How many know God brought Dr. Fiona and I here for solutions? For good things. Amen. And we've had the privilege of serving here longer than the founder and the other person put together. And I'm not saying that because of us. I'm just giving glory to God. We're not going to go anywhere. We're here for you. We're here to see you set free. We're here to make sure that you get your inheritance and find your purpose. And we're going to fight for you. We're going to pray over you. We're going to defend you. We're going to kill wolves and, and, and dogs and snakes, and spiders. So, and from that point on, we made arrangements every year to meet with the founder and his wife at least twice a year. We took them out to lunch, took them out to breakfast, wherever they wanted to go. Just talk with them. I had the privilege. When the founder was... Getting ready to go to heaven, I had the privilege of being in their home when he passed. And they had his funeral here, and I had a part in that. And another, another minister did the funeral, but we, we tag teamed. And I don't regret one day being here. We've had some challenges, no doubt, we've had challenges. And uh, no one will ever know the degree of the challenges that we faced. But you know what? We're still here standing. We're still here fighting. We're still here preaching the word. We're still here welcoming the Holy Spirit, welcoming his gifts. And we're not going to go anywhere because we're we're, we're determined. Amen? And you're coming out today. You're coming out of your depression. You're coming out of your funk. You're, You're coming out of the junk. You're coming out today. Today there's an anointing to come out. So don't sit in your mess and your mire and your muck anymore. If you're dealing with anything that I said or things that I didn't even say, you're coming out today. There's an anointing to break you free. We're going to do a jailbreak today. It doesn't matter because we got the keys to the kingdom. we got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. A grave can't hold you. Hell can't hold you. Hallelujah. Death can't hold you. Glory to God. You're coming out today. On this, what is it, the 23rd? 22nd. This 22nd day of January 2023 is going to be a pivotal day in your life. You're never going to be the same after this point. Amen? So, if that's you, you need to come up right now so that God can deliver you. So that he can set you free. Hallelujah. God gave me this word. And I've delivered this word to the best of my ability, relying on the Holy Spirit. Now, he's going to do the work. Our anointed musicians are going to play. And just as David played... When Saul was tormented by the devil, when David started playing, that torment, that demonic spirit that was influencing Saul, it left him. It could not stay in the atmosphere. And the demonic spirit that has been oppressing you is going to leave today in the name of Jesus. And you're going to leave more free than you came in today. Say, today's my day. Say, it's happening right now. I just want you to, all all that are up here, I don't want you to be saying anything. I just want you to close your eyes and be praising God in your heart for his deliverance, for his touch, for his power, for this hour. Because you're coming out today. And, and he's going to keep you out. Heavenly Father. I release the power of your word and the power of the Holy Ghost upon your people. And I thank you, Lord, that your anointing destroys yokes and removes burdens. And you're going to cause them to be free, to be full, to be touched by you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, be free. Be full in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, you are free and full. In the name of Jesus, I break the grip off of you. Evil spirit, in the name of Jesus, you loose your hand from her right now. And Lord, I thank you for releasing your joy and your gladness in her in the name of jesus right now father i release i break every chain that has gripped you and held you back Lord. touch him right now with the power of god in the name of jesus in the name of jesus father i break every chain that binds her right now i call her free jesus name i call her free in jesus name free in jesus name free indeed indeed oh you're going to reach another level of freedom that you didn't even knew was possible hallelujah a, he's taking you up in the elevator to another level in the name of jesus father in the name of jesus may the anointing set her free right now and touch her right now in jesus name lord i break every yoke and bondage that has held her back that has restricted her that has kept her down in the name of jesus she's going to spread out her wings Soar like an eagle. Soar like an eagle in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that your anointing destroys you. I break every yoke. I remove every burden. He's coming out today in the name of Jesus. You're coming out of everything that's
5: held you God. You're coming out of your past pain in the name of Jesus.
2: <laughs> yeah. you break the
5: Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. You break the
2: Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. This is a time that God has made the people free of anything that binds them or hinders them. Father, I just thank you right now for this next generation. Make her free in Jesus' name! Hallelujah! Touch her and kill her right now! In Jesus' name! A river we open up the floodgates in the name of Jesus
2: today. You're walking out today. He walked
1: out. You're walking out. Glory to God. Come up here, Josh. Hallelujah. Father, let the fresh anointing
2: touch him, make him free of everything in the name of Jesus. I call him free and full. Free flow,
1: free flow, free flow in Jesus' name. Of the Jordan until they put their toe in the water. Everybody just take your toe and dip it in the water. Dip it in the water in the name of Jesus. A river at flood stage split so
2: that dry they can walk on dry land. Father, you're taking her on dry land right now. You're removing the barriers in her life. In the name of Jesus,
5: a fresh anointing in her. Fill her full Your power in Jesus' name.
1: Now here's the thing. You've been brought out, but now you gotta stay out you stay out, you keep listening to the leader. Yeah. You keep following the priest and you keep listening to the prophetic yeah. and you, he'll, he'll keep you out. He'll keep you out. Amen. Yeah. Lord, we praise you right. today. We bless your holy name. Right. Thank you for this right now, word. Right. for this day, for this people, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we just bless you and praise you and we receive it. Say, I receive it. I'm completely free. In Jesus'
2: name. Amen.
1: I think our guitar player and piano player need some. And our drummer needs some. Hallelujah. They have sowed music, yes. and they're going to reap.
2: Hallelujah! They're going to reap. Thank you. Lord. They're going to reap. Yes.
1: Hallelujah!
2: You, Glory to God! Thank you, Lord.
1: It's all right, God's not in a hurry.
2: It's okay. Yes!
1: Hallelujah!
3: Hallelujah!
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus.
3: Thank Thank you, Lord. Yes! Hallelujah!
2: Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank
5: you,
1: It's good to be free. Free people rejoice. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming here today. Take this to your homes. Just tell the devil to get out of my house. Kick him to the curb. And don't let him in anymore. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just give you thanks and praise for sealing this with your Holy Thank Spirit. You, we bless you and praise you for your Thank goodness you, in God. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. I just want to tell you, yeah. you know, growing up in a Christian home, listen, you, you make your house a Christian home. I don't care how old you are and what happened in the past. Make it a Christian home. You go in there and you say, I trust God. That's what I was going to tell you about my testimony. Nobody could tell me anything bad about God. I just, you did get out of my face. I trust God. Do you understand? So I never questioned when something bad happens. Well, what's God doing? No, 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 no. What does the devil think he's doing? Because I trust God. So I walk around and my mindset is I trust God. I had one time in my whole life, one time where I was mad at God, one time. And I remember that vividly. And I said, Lord, I'm really mad at you. I'm mad at you. And he said, "Well, we have a relationship. You're allowed to be mad every now and then." I'm like, "Oh, well, thanks." <laughs> and, <laughs> and well, then I need to get over it because, like, in the next day, I was supposed to teach woven, and I remember that's why I was—I was like, "I'm mad at you," and I—I I gotta go teach people about you. I'm really mad at you right now. And the Lord and I worked it out, and then I was fine. I wasn't mad anymore. But the point is, that was the one time in my life I was upset. At God and he except he talked to me about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you, ha- you build a relationship with the God of the, I mean, almighty God. That's the most potent relationship you can ever build. I will not give that relationship up for anybody. Even when I was younger, when I growing up and I sinned, when I committed a sin, I knew I could run to God, forgive everything. We're done. We're good. Forgive me. I messed up. We're good. You understand what I'm saying? I don't take on any shame. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe. No, no, I sinned. Forgive me. Thank you. Let's move on. Just trust God with your life. Right? Amen. That's my thing. All right. God bless you.